I'm excited about tonight. Uh, I just, I get excited to teach. Um, I've been preaching for, gosh, probably 35 years, but I get so excited every time because I think anything could happen tonight. Like literally anything. I, I really believe when I, I talk to God, when I pray, like he, he literally hears me. The God who spoke the world into existence hears me. And so tonight I was praying specifically saying, God, can I please experience you? Can we, can we all experience you? And so as, as we go through his word tonight, I, I'm just excited about what he might do. Um, I, I've been in Hong Kong for eight months now, and it's been uh, one of the best seasons of our lives. Uh, we love it here. Um, I don't know when every season's so happy for me. Like I, uh, I just I love following God. I love experiencing Him in new ways. Um, and in fact, uh, my wife, who's with me, we we've been married for 27 years now. Uh, we have seven children, um, two grandchildren. Um, so there are, and when we decided to move here from the U.S., you know, we thought, okay, we'll take our four youngest children and move to Hong Kong. And then um, both of my son-in-laws prayed and sought the Lord, and they both said, we believe God wants us to come with you. And so 12 of us moved to Hong Kong. Uh, yeah. 12 of us moved to Hong Kong in February, like in the middle of COVID and the protests. And, you know, and everyone in America thought we were crazy. They go, How? why would you do that to your children? You know, and then we get here and it's totally safe in Hong Kong. And it's crazy in America right now, especially today. They're going to be killing each other. I mean, it's just so it's, it's just the way we've experienced God over the years. I, I remember at our 25 year anniversary at dinner, I asked my wife, I said, no, she asked me. <laughs> she said, do you know of anyone on the earth? that is happier than us. And I said, I don't. I don't know anyone. And she goes, I know. She goes, I keep thinking there has to be someone on the earth that is more blessed than we are. But she goes, I haven't met them yet. And I go, that's exactly the way I think. And it, it's so cool at 25 years of marriage to go, I, 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 would, I wouldn't trade this for anything. It's been an amazing life. The way that we've seen God answer prayer. There, there's no way, there's no way our lives should have worked out this way. So many times I, I'm just amazed going, God, you really heard me yesterday when I prayed that specifically. I mean, sometimes I am literally shaking, like so shocked at the way that he answers my prayers. 
And so when I was praying for you today, I'm saying, God, can I experience it again? Can you do something tonight? Something that I've never even experienced. Can we all experience you in some way? Can that that fire come from heaven in, in some way to where some of you that maybe you've been going to church services your whole life for the first time, you're like, I get it. I, I love him. Because something I've noticed being in Hong Kong, like the people here are so hardworking. You work so many hours. And, and it's great, you know? I mean, you know, when I need something done, this is the place to go. Um, <laughs> Hong Kong people know how to get things done and how to work. But sometimes the relationships aren't so strong between parents and children, husbands and wives. And I've seen how sometimes that spills into the church where you can be very good at obeying commands and even showing up to, 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 to serve. You know, if we need people to pass out rice, you'll show up. If we need people to, to fold bulletins or do whatever all night, you'll show up, you'll do it. And you'll come week after week but, but how is the relationship? Because I, I grew up in a, in a Chinese Baptist church, you know, and so very, very similar. You know, we, both of my parents were pastors in Hong Kong, um, both in the Baptist church, um, you know, and, uh, and, and uh, so when they went to the U.S., the idea was to start a church very similar to the Hong Kong church. And so that's what I grew up in. And so grateful, so thankful for some of the people in that church. In fact, uh, Simo, uh, the pastor's wife, she still calls me. Okay, this is 45 years later. Simo still calls me. In fact, she's like, don't move to Hong Kong, <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, she's just worried, like, don't go over there. Your Chinese is terrible. You're going to say the wrong thing and someone's going to beat you up. You know, you know, and she, she goes, I can't help it. She goes, I've been loving you for 40 years. I can't just stop. And I think, wow, that's so beautiful. So much that I'm thankful for. You know, but I saw so many of my friends that grew up in the same church and so many people that were in that same church and they're not following God anymore. And they were very good at doing whatever the pastor told them to do and obey those rules. But it, it's like it really wasn't in their own hearts. They didn't really experience him. They know how to do Christian things, but did they really know God? See, when I grew up, I didn't understand some of this book. 
when I would read like, uh, you know, the passages about God's holiness, I, I understood it. And when I would read the commands, I understood them. But then when I would read the Psalms, the Psalms were very confusing to me. Because I would read the way that David would talk to God, and I go, wow, that's weird. Because for most of us growing up in a, a Chinese home, the, the relationship, especially with your, your father, you don't talk. You, don't, you just don't talk, <laughs> right? I never, not even one time, had a conversation with, not one sentence of a conversation with my father. I obeyed him. I got the grades he told me to get. Because if I didn't get those grades, he would punish me severely. I feared him. I would try to honor him. But there's no relationship so then I read the Psalms, and it, it talks about David going, oh, I just want you. I just want to be with you. This is the one thing I ask. Can I just stare at you? Oh, when can I? Even when I'm in the desert and there's no water, all I want is you. And I would read those things, and I just couldn't understand it because I grew up very Chinese. And we understand commands. And we will obey those commands. But these words about relationship and desire, especially with your authority. Okay, your authority. And David's talking to God like he's his, his friend or his wife. Or his, it's like these words, how can you use that for authority? Because authority and intimacy don't seem to go together. But I would read that in the Bible, and, and God, over many, many, many years, even to this day, he's teaching me about love, teaching me about relationship, teaching me the enjoyment and it's not just David. In, in the New Testament, you know, one of my favorite passages is, is in Philippians 1. When, when Paul says in verse 21, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. He's like, my whole life is about Jesus. And if I die, that'd be even better because I'd be even closer to him. I could see him. I want to be with him. Because a, a couple verses later, he says, he goes, I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. Paul goes, oh, I just want to leave this earth right now. This would be so much better. Is that your desire tonight? Not because you're depressed, not because, you know, you're having a hard time, but because you're in love with the person of Jesus. Is it like a real, is he a real person to you? 
You know, it's like when, you know, I'm so grateful for COVID because all the places I was supposed to travel, I got to say, sorry, you know, I, I can't go. I, I have to stay here. But it's great because I, I don't want to go anywhere. And every time I'm away from the family, I used to travel every single week. And so every time I'm like, oh, I hate being away from my family. Like I, and I can't wait to get home. That's the way Paul felt about Jesus. He wasn't just this idea of some being up there. He was a real person. He's going, gosh, this isn't enough. I love praying to you, but I want to see you. I want to be with you. You're the only one I want to be with. So I would much rather leave the earth, all these people on the earth I love, for my one true love. I, for me to live is Christ. And, and I was thinking, you know, I can explain this passage to you. I can teach it. But I'm saying, God, I, I don't want this just to be a lesson. So I brought with me a menu um, of just different, it's a pastry shop, you know, different cakes. And, and I, can, I can teach you the menu. I say, oh, you got to try this cake. Wow. There's like, uh, I, it's, I, don't know, I, I don't know what's on there, okay? But I, because I can't read Chinese, but okay. But if I could, I could just read it for you and say, ah, oh, this cake is made of this and this and this and this, you know, and you'll be there and go, wow, that sounds really good. Then I go, okay, you got to try this one, okay? This one is, you know, and I explain every ingredient. Maybe I can explain it so well. See, this happens in a lot of churches. We open up the menu, and we just start reading, and everyone's like, oh, that, that sounds good. That sounds really good. And, and, and maybe, maybe I've never tasted this, but I can still explain it to you. I can still be right. I can still be accurate. I said, wow, they have these, these egg tarts. You know, and I say, wow, look at this, you know, how they make them. And I can explain everything in an egg tart, how it's, how it's created, what it would taste like. And you go, oh, that's good, that's good. Thank you, thank you. Next week, teach me about, uh, you know, chasu um, bao. You know, just, just teach me something else. Oh, okay, that's good. And we learn and, and we pass on information and it's accurate. But my prayer, I actually brought some dantat. Okay. Now, or I could go, wow, this is so good. This is so awesome. Here, see how you want to try one? Like, this is what I prayed for. I go, God, I don't want to just talk about you. I want to be up here. I want to experience you. I want to taste you. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. I always pray, God, make me one of those pastors that's talking about you as I'm tasting you. You know? That I'm not just reading out of book. That's fine. It's accurate. 
But I, I, I want it in my mouth. I want to taste it. And I want you to taste it. I'm saying, God, I can't make this happen. I can't, I can't make you experience God and understand this relationship where it's real to you and, and he enters you and he becomes a part of you. And then you tell everyone. Then you've tasted and you tell everyone, you've got to understand this relationship. Man, for me to live is Christ. Like, like I love him so much, I just want to leave the earth right now because I can't get enough of him. That's, that was Paul. And I, I can explain to you how Paul felt. But that's not my desire. I go, God, I want them to feel what Paul felt. I want them to experience what Paul experienced. I want you to taste and see and go, oh, I really want to leave the earth right now because I'm so at peace with Jesus. And I want more of him. See, I believe there are some of you here that all you've done is read the menu. And you just look at it, the pictures, and you go, yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. That sounds good. Oh, good. I can have peace beyond comprehension? I can have that much peace? I'd like to try that someday. I, I could have joy, joy that's inexpressible where there's no words, where I'm so like freaked out, like happy that I, I can't, there's no words to explain how good this is. You go, oh, I want to try that. It's so all these things you read about. And maybe you've been reading the menu your whole life, but you've never tasted I'm saying, God, I can't make that happen. I can't make a blind person see. You have to do it. It has to be a miracle. You know, this week they, they asked me uh, a couple months ago to come because they said they want to talk about giving to the poor and caring for the needy and And so, yeah, that's such a big concern of mine is those who are suffering. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm honored to do that. Uh, but I don't, I, I know how Chinese can be. You know, we ask you to do something and you do it. It's weird. It's not like that in America, okay? And uh, so if we say give to the poor, you're like, okay, you know, and, and you just, you do it. But it's, I think we're far more concerned about the heart behind it. There's a, there's a passage I want to show you. Um, it's in 2 Corinthians. Oh, I love this. Just looking at it again this morning, just going, wow. It really says this. In 2 Corinthians 8, Paul says this. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. 
For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. Okay. He says, I want to tell you. He tells us, he tells them about the churches in Macedonia. And he says, they are extremely poor. He says, I want to tell you about this church. They're extremely poor. But they earnestly, they kept begging me, can we give our money to the, the saints who really need it? It's like, what? These guys were very extremely poor. Extremely poor. Picture the, most, the, the poorest people you've ever seen. And imagine them begging, can we give you what we have? to other people who are in need. But what I want to point out to you is Paul is not telling the Corinthians about the Macedonian church. He is not bragging about the Macedonian church. He is not saying that church, those churches are so amazing in Macedonia. No, what does he say? He says, we want you to know, brothers, about the grace of of God that has been given among the churches. He's writing, telling the Corinthians, I want to tell you, God gave a gift to the Macedonians. I want to tell you, because grace is right. He gives you something you don't deserve. He goes, I've got to tell you Something that God gave to when when someone receives a gift, do we ever boast about that? You know, or let's let's suppose, let's pretend, um, let's pretend, Pastor John is rich. Okay, use your imagination. <laughs> Say financially rich. Okay, pretend he's financially rich. Say he has billions of dollars. And tonight, then he, he hands Pastor Michelle five, he, one billion dollars. He goes, here you go, one billion. Yeah. Would any of us say, wow, Michelle is so awesome? No. We'd go, you're so lucky. Why did you get it? Why? How, how could you be so blessed? How could you be so fortunate? We'd all look at the giver and go, you, you seriously gave her that? So that's what Paul is saying here in 2 Corinthians 8. He goes, I want to tell you what God gave the Macedonian churches. The grace. He made them so generous. That even in their poverty, they're like, oh, can I give? Can I give? See, Paul's explaining this is a gift from God. Generosity is, if you're, if you're a generous person, and I don't know you, I don't know who's stingy, I mean, I mean most Chinese are cheap, you know, but, but there may be some of you that are so generous, givers. 
And that's nothing to be proud of. That, that's, that's what I love about this passage. That was a gift that was given to you. Why are you so generous? Because God gave you his grace. And, and so that's why it's not like, oh, please give, give to the poor, this or that. My prayer is, God, would you give a gift to Gong Fu Church tonight? Can you, the way you just gave generosity to the Macedonians, where they were in extreme poverty, and yet they became givers? That was a gift. And there's probably people here that do have a lot of money. And you're scared. And you're holding on to it. And you're like, well, I don't know if I have enough to retire. I don't know if I have enough for my kids to retire. I don't know if my grandkids will have any. And, and you're, you have so much and you're, you're, you're still worried. And so, so you know people are dying today, but, but, but you're scared. And we're not going, please, please just give and beg you. We're saying, oh, God, would you pour out your grace on them? Would you gift them with generosity? Because Jesus says it's more blessed to be a giver than a receiver, right? It's more blessed. I mean, try to think. Do you know of any generous person? Think of the most generous people you know. Do you know of any generous people who are unhappy? My wife and I were talking about that. Try to think about someone who's just a total giver and just mad all the time. <laughs> it's, it's not. The generous people are the happiest people on earth. It's those who are holding on and, and have so much, but they're, they're scared. They're, 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 there's no joy versus, oh, I freely give, and God always takes care of me. I look back at my life and I go, God, I don't know where I'd be without giving. Some of my greatest boasts are the way you came through when we gave. I remember uh, the first time I, I went to Africa. It was about over 20 years ago. And, uh, and I kind of went for selfish reasons. Um, you know, there were some famous people going on the trip. And, uh, in fact, there was one of my favorite, uh, bands back then is, was a band named U2. And, uh, Bono was supposed to be on this trip. And I thought, whoa, I want to go to Africa with Bono, you know? That'd be cool, you know? And, and, uh, you know, and a few others, you know, Franklin Graham, but he's not as cool. You know, a few, uh, you know, but I'm thinking, wow, this would be really cool. But then Franklin Graham's mother got sick, and so he didn't go. And then all the famous people didn't go. And I'm on a plane going, wow, it's just me and a few no-name pastors. Okay. And, but when I got there and I saw the poverty of these people, like, I, I, everything in me just wanted to help them, you know? And I just fell in love with these little kids. And, gosh, they have nothing. And I'm seeing these little girls, 
you know, trying to find food in the dump, you know, just, just lifting things up, looking for anything they can eat. And, and I'm thinking, I have two little girls at home. I only had two back then. And I'm going, whoa, what if that was them? I'm supposed to love them like I would love my own kids. And suddenly, I just had this love. And, and I was like everyone else. Yeah, this is a picture of me. This was during our trip to uh, Ethiopia um, on our 20-year anniversary. So just like seven years ago, we're like, gosh, all our greatest times are when we go out and serve. And so we go, okay, I haven't been to Ethiopia yet. And we've been volunteering there, serving there. And this girl, I, I mean, it... I've never seen anyone like that, that bad. I've seen a lot of poverty, but not like that. And I remember just, I didn't know if I could touch her. I didn't know, you know, when I asked the leader, I go, you know, and her stomach was distended. That means like her organs were already eating themselves. And he just said, she's not going to live no matter what we do. I said, but can I pray for her? He goes, oh yeah, you can pray for her. And I just beg God, I go, God, can you save her? Just keep her alive long enough to worship you. And there are thousands of kids like this. Just, you know, her, her brothers, sisters, they, they're all dead. It's just weird. I've been on trips where I just watched mothers screaming like crazy because their child just died. But uh, I think I sent the next picture, too. You can go to the next slide. That's her, the same girl a few years ago, yeah. And uh, I, I can't tell you the, the thrill of going, you know, we're, that day we were chasing each other around, we were playing tag, and she's just laughing, laughing, laughing. Then we have a worship service, and I just see her with her hands up in the air worshiping Jesus. I go, God, that's one thing I prayed for. Have her live so she could be used to worship you. There's no way I can explain to you. I, I mean, I'm trying to explain it to you, but I can't have you taste what it's like to chase a girl like that around and play tag with her and listen to her laugh and know that had we not gone on that trip, she would have died. And she should have died. And there's thousands more. And sometimes we get there too late. But, it, but it's, it's the joy. It's the joy. Like, it doesn't compare. You know, when I came home from Africa the first time, I, I told my wife, I go, you don't understand. These kids, they, they make me so happy. Like, I, 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 it's not like I feel guilty. I go, I just, I want to give whatever we can. And we didn't have very much. But we had a house. And I was like, do you mind if we sell our house? You know, we can just move into a trailer or something like that. I said, because these kids, I have to do something for them. I want to do something for them. And when my wife, you know, at that time, I think she was maybe pregnant with our third or we had at least two. And uh, she goes, well, it's not. I didn't go with you on the trip, so I don't feel what you're feeling. But if you think God wants us to sell our house, then let's do it. 
And so that day we went out looking for trailer parks and trailers to live in and, and sold our home and found a smaller place to live in. And the joy of being able to help these people. And then I remember, gosh, probably 12, 13 years ago, you know, we kept giving and seeing the results and we kept getting happier. I remember one time at, after a service, I'm going, God, there's so many rich people in our church. I go, but they're, if they really believed in heaven, why wouldn't they be giving it all away? Because you say this is forever. And everything I give you, you're going to reward me for a hundredfold forever. That's a good investment. Okay? And so I go, if they believe that, why won't they give more? Why do they have to live so, so, so luxuriously? Why can't they just live like a normal person and give the rest of the money if they believe in heaven? And in my prayer, I go, God, at the end, I said, God, either change him, I said, or, or you can make me rich. <laughs> Seriously, this was my prayer. And I told God, if you make me rich, I will still live the same way. I won't spend any of it. I'll give it all away because I am so happy knowing you that money won't change me. Money can't make me happier. And I just kind of said that, like, I, didn't, I wasn't that serious. Just say, change them or make me rich and I'll give it all away and show the world that it doesn't matter. Then the next year, I made a million dollars. U.S., not just a little Hong Kong million, like <laughs> U.S. million. And I'm going, what? Because I wrote a book. I didn't know I could write. My English was terrible. My math was awesome, but my, I'm Chinese, you know, but the English was horrible. And then I write a book and it becomes a bestseller. And I'm going, what? And they go, yeah, you're, you'll have, looks like you'll have millions of dollars coming in. And I told my wife, I'm like, we're not touching any of it. I told God, if you made me rich, I don't want it. I'll give it all away. And immediately we signed over all the royalties, you know, to a nonprofit and just saying, you know, we spend the last, I don't know, 10 years or so just giving away millions of dollars around the world. And that's why I feel like we're the happiest people in the world. And we still drove the same old car, same old clothes. I mean, this is the only... <laughs> It's the only time I've ever preached in a suit, you know, like, because I heard that's what you do. Um, and I just bought this. I had the same suit for 20 years. And then my uh, second, third daughter just got married. So we bought this for $100. And, um, but before the suit, I just wore the same old clothes because it's like, it doesn't matter. For me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. That's, that's why, uh, how much time do I have? Am I, I'm okay? Okay, I'll, I'll tell one more story. Okay, right. um, Like, when I read 
in uh, the book of Luke. In the book of Luke, Jesus is talking to rich people. In Luke 18, remember the story of the rich young ruler? And the rich young ruler comes to Jesus and he says, what do I have to do to go to heaven? And Jesus answered him in a way that we wouldn't. He says, well, have you obeyed the commands? And the guy's like, yeah, yeah, I obeyed him. And then Jesus says something crazy. I mean, this man is just asking, how do I go to heaven? And Jesus says, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And the man, it says, he walked away sad because he had so much. See, that's the way some people respond when we ask them to give to those who are in need. They, they almost get sad, like, oh, give to the poor. And for this man, it was everything. And the Son of God asked him to do it. And he was sad because he felt like someone's taking away something I love. But then in the very next chapter, after Jesus says, oh, it's so hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. It's easier for a camel to go, go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to, to enter in the gates of heaven. But then in the next chapter, in the next chapter, there's a man named Zacchaeus. And the Bible specifically says in, in Luke 19, there, in verse 2, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he couldn't because he was small. So he ran on ahead, climbed up a sycamore tree. And then, you know, Jesus sees him and says, get down, I want to come to your house. And you know the story, Zacchaeus is like, what? Jesus, Jesus is going to come to my house? He gets so excited. So he came down and received him joyfully. And then in verse 8, Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. Remember Jesus says, it's hard for the rich. But then here it says, he's a rich man. And he goes, salvation has come to this house. What's crazy is you don't even have a record of Jesus saying, well, give to the poor. Zacchaeus just goes, I can't believe you're in my house. You're in my house. The son of God is in my house. Okay, everyone, half of everything I own goes to the poor. And I know I've stolen money from some of you. I'll give you four times as much back with the rest of my money. And Jesus just sees Zacchaeus and goes, salvation's come to this house. Do you see the difference in the attitude? One person is looking at his money going, oh, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know. You're asking for everything? I don't know. The other person, Zacchaeus is like, Jesus, 
you're Jesus. You're the son of God. You want to come into my house? Seriously? Oh my gosh, this is crazy. Uh, here, take all my money. You, you guys, I, I know I sold from you. Here's the money. Blah, 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 blah. He, he, he's not thinking about his money. He's looking at Jesus and going, I can't believe you're willing to come into my house. You see, when you really understand who Jesus is, when you've really tasted and you really go, wait, so Jesus, you went earth. And then the earth just showed up? He's like, yeah, yeah, that's what I did. Oh my gosh, and you're in my house. Like you seriously, you, what did you do? You just said light? He goes, yeah, I just said light. And just, that's it? And then light, like the sun? That, well, how did it? And now you're in my house. Of course I'm not thinking about my money. Of course I'm not thinking about retirement. You spoke the world into existence and now you're about to go to the cross and you're going to die for me? To pay for everything I've done wrong? And yet because you want me? Because Jesus, you want me? You want relationship. You want to know me. My own dad didn't want to know me. And you who spoke the world into existence, you're going to die on a cross because you want me? This is crazy. This is insane. That's why a few million dollars, you you, you talk about money? You think I care about money? Man, I, I go, God, thank you. Thank you. You gave me a gift. You opened my eyes. And now money, nothing matters. You have it all. Because for me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. And I'm praying that, that, that some of you would be honest enough to admit, wow, I feel more like the rich young ruler than I do Zacchaeus. I'm looking at all these things I'd have to give up to really follow Jesus, and I still love them all. And I don't know if I'm ready to follow him. But I see Zacchaeus, and now you're explaining who Jesus is. And I'm going, wow, he really did that for me? And maybe tonight he's going to open your eyes because I prayed that. For some of you, maybe you're like a lot of the people in the church I grew up with where you did things, you obeyed things, you didn't do anything super evil, you, you know, all the thou shall not commands, you got them down, you stayed away from those things, but this joy of tasting God and going, oh, I love him, I just want to leave this earth and be with him, Jesus, please come. 
because I miss you. I just want to be with you. just want to hold you and experience you even more. That's what I'm praying for. In fact, even right now, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray that that God would give some of you the gift. Well, I'm not asking you to give, okay? I'm going to ask God to give. I want to get, I want him to give you sight like Zacchaeus. I want him to give you generosity like the Macedonians. Father, right now, I praise you, I worship you for opening up my eyes to how beautiful you are, for giving me generosity. God, I was just as selfish as anyone until you opened my eyes to what a treasure I have in Jesus. Money is ridiculous to me now, Lord. And that's a gift from you. And I pray for my new friends in this room. you would pour your grace out on them, that they would see you even now as we worship you, that they would taste of you. Holy Spirit, please fall on this room. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.